This call may be recorded or transcribed.
Good morning. That was my light. Oh, you was out here when I was coming around the circle? Yeah, I was sitting right in the car. And my light was shining everywhere. Oh, okay. No, she ain't came out yet. 
That was my life sitting in the car. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yo, keep the bar in prayer. He is he, he's getting worse and worse. I told her you gonna have to put you gonna have to put your foot down. Well, girl, I can't do it. Uh you know, came in the other night yelling and screaming and stuff. Good morning. Tired. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita who's on the line. I'll talk to you later. Um Good morning, Sister Lisa. Good morning. Hey, Good morning. Hey. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. God bless everyone on the call. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. Happy Wednesday, Brother Bible. Good morning and happy Wednesday to you, brother. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. This is Rita. This is Diane. Good morning, Sister Rita and Diane. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who's on the line? Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who's on the line? Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Have a wonderful and blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. This is Leomia. Good morning, Mother Leomia. Happy Wednesday. Thank you, same to you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning, this is Simone. Good morning, Simone. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else is on the line? Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who's on the line? Good morning, Miss Sunshine. Good morning, Sunshine. Happy Wednesday. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Alicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning. This is Tina. Good morning, Tina. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us?
Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita, who's on the line. Yes. Good morning. Happy Good morning. morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning, Felicita. Good morning, family. This is Prosperous Pam. Good morning, Prosperous. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. God's got our back all the time. Happy Amen. Wednesday we to you. Good morning, Valuable. <laughs> Good morning, Moxie. Hi. Happy Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm excited, y'all. <laughs> I can feel it. It's about to go yes, down. Yes, yes, yes. I woke up yes, this morning with a lit under me. I was like, Dion, all right, here we go. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Good morning. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I love it. I love this energy early in the morning. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Good morning, Sister Tracy. Happy Wednesday. Listen, I woke up with my mind set on Jesus. Deep, deep, down, down, deep down in my heart. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yes. <laughs> That's the best way to start the day. <laughs> Is there anyone else that would like to say good morning before we begin the hosting? Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Good to hear your sound. Happy Good morning. Wednesday. Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Glad to hear all of your beautiful voices. Good morning. It's Kenya. Good morning, Kenya. Happy Wednesday. Happy wait while we wait Wednesday. Amen. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask everyone to please place your phones on mute and we'll begin the hosting. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please be sure to join us during the month of March, where our monthly theme is entitled Radical Relationships. All of the declarations will focus on the importance of having radical relationships considering the will and plan of God, which allows us to walk and live with purpose. There are two announcements today. 
today is the day that declare victory fast for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you'd like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time when we'll call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Second, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission at Declare Victory is to offer sound de declarations based on biblical truth, along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to give. You can give at declarevictory.org or through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash declarevictory or through Cash App at dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Sabrina. Declaration will be brought by Dion. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by Dion. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Sabrina. Declaration by Dion. And then closing comments will be hosted by Dion. The scripture for today is John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that you please place your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to Sabrina. Have a blessed day. Hallelujah, Father. We bless your name this morning. We thank you. We thank you for the dawning of a new day, God. We thank you for touching us this morning, God, with your finger of love and allowing us to wake up and see the dawning of a new day. We just thank you for your grace and your mercy that covered us as we slept last night, kept us safely through the night. God, no hurt, harm, or danger came nigh our dwelling place, nigh us. We thank you, Father, that the phone didn't ring in the middle of the night bearing news that will shatter lives and dreams and families. God, we just thank you for your great mercy. Hallelujah. We thank you for just how you continue to be a friend to us. Hallelujah. We thank you for how you continue to watch over your word faithfully and you perform it faithfully. God, no matter what we're doing, no matter what's happening in the world, you're faithful to perform your word. And God, we just thank you for that. You are the ultimate premise keeper on today. We thank you that we're learning day by day that we carry needless burdens because we don't carry them to you in prayer. So, Father, we thank you for even the gentle reminders that, lo, I am with you always never leave you. I'll never forsake you because you are my friend. And so, Father, we thank you for being a friend this morning that has stuck closer than any brother. We thank you, God, for being a father to the fatherless. We thank you, God, for every time we needed you to be a mother, for every time we needed you to be a confidant, God, every time we couldn't find in other people what we needed and we shifted, we did a pivot, and there you were. We ran smack dab into you and got all of our needs met. Father, we just thank you. We recognize you this morning as the all-sufficient one, creator of the entire universe. 
You are so amazing. Father, we thank you for this radical relationship that we have, that we are building, that we're nurturing with you. We thank you that we get to learn more and more about you every day. Father, we thank you that you knew us before you knit us together in our mother's womb. You knew what we would do. You knew the things that we would say. You knew how our minds would work and how we would think. You even knew how our emotions would be demonstrated. You knew the negative stuff, God, and you decided to friend us anyway. We thank you, God, that you have sent us a friend request that you will never take back. You will never block us. God, we thank you that you don't judge us by the way that we treat other people. We thank you, God, that you don't even judge us by the way that we treat and respond to you. We thank you that you have given us the ultimate. God, you not only have you given us the ultimate sacrifice, but you've given us the ultimate example in your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you this morning that even with all that's going on in the world, we can come to you in prayer this morning with no bad news. We can thank you, God, that we come today in prayer. God, even with prayer requests that have been unspoken, but right next to our prayer requests, we have your resume. So as we look at the prayer request and we look at your resume, we look at the prayer request and we look at your resume and we go down to your experience and we see that you are a doctor that has never lost a patient. We look at your resume and see that you are a lawyer that has never lost a case. We look at your resume and see that you are a judge that has always legislated justice. We look at our prayer request and decide that there is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing that you can't do. There is nothing that is outside of your control. So on this morning, we decide to be grateful. We decide to be grateful. We decide to be grateful in the midst of it all. We decide to have a it is well in our spirit. So Father, as we lift up this entire world to you, grateful for the confidence that the whole world is in the palm of your hand and that the government rests upon your shoulders. Father, I think when we say that, we think about the American government resting on your shoulders. We think about the the government that we live up under resting in your so on your shoulders, but God, the whole wide world belongs to you. So every government is within your control. So we lift up Russia to you on this morning. Father, we lift up Ukraine to you this morning, God, and we remind you of your word that you said other sheep I have that are not of this fold. And so, God, we thank you that you're taking care of your sheep in Russia. We thank you that you're taking care of your sheep in Ukraine, just as you're taking care of your sheep in America. Father, we lift up our brothers and sisters, and we stand in solidarity for their desire to have what you declared that they could have, and that's freedom. 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 And so, God, we thank you for this democracy and the fight for it. And God, we trust you. We trust you just as we trusted you through the pandemic, just as we trusted you through all of the other wars, just as we trusted you through our own turmoil and our own chaos and our own calamity. We trusted you and we declare that you are the same God. And if you delivered us 
when we were in war. If you delivered us out of calamity, out of mayhem, and out of foolishness, God, you can do this too because there is nothing that is too hard for you. So we stand assured that you are not sleeping. You are not slumbering. You are well aware of what is going on across those seas. You are well aware of what's taking place across the waters. Hallelujah. We thank you that you sit high, but you live low. And we thank you that anything that's under your control is never out of control. So we bless you as you have your way. We bless you as your will is being done on earth as it already is in heaven. We thank you that you are God and God alone. All power belongs to you. You are the all-powerful, all-sufficient, sovereign ruler today, tomorrow, and always. So we worship your majesty. Father, we lift up children today those that are in abusive situations, those that are in need of being rescued and protected. And Father, we thank you that you are in position to do that. Father, we thank you that you're strategic in all your ways. And God, we often ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do innocent people suffer? And that's a question that falls into the category of sin being in the world. So Father, we don't ask why on this morning. We just ask that you do what only you can do, and that's to comfort, protect. Hallelujah. Let your mercy abound, God. Your word says we're sending abound. Grace did much more abound. So, God, for those that are suffering this morning, for those that are hurting this morning, whether it's a sickness in their body, God, whether it's sickness in their mind, God, whether it's in an external way that they're being abused, we just ask that grace would abound. Father, we just ask that grace would abound. We recognize that your ways are not our ways, and your thoughts are not our thoughts. So we don't question your judgment on this morning, but we ask that grace would abound. Father, this morning, as we take a closer look at relationships, Father, I ask that we would examine the relationships that are in our lives, the relationships that we are a part of, and that you give us greater insight as to how we can be more like you, how we can show up more like you even in our relationships. We ask that you would take out everything that does not bring you glory, that does not bring you honor. Reveal it to us in such a way that we can't ignore it, that we can't turn a blind eye to the stuff that's still in our lives that needs to be moved. God, I ask that you would make it show up so brightly that it would almost blind us until we deal with it. Father, I thank you for open hearts, open minds, and open hearing this morning. I ask that you would speak so clearly that we cannot mistake your voice. Your word says that your sheep know your voice, and a stranger they will not follow. I thank you for that shepherd-sheep relationship on this morning. Father, we lift up all of the United States of America servicemen. We lift up the soldiers in Ukraine. Father, we ask that you would build a sense of head of protection. Father, all around them, we lift up mothers and fathers with children. Hallelujah, that they are separated from this morning. Hallelujah, we ask that you would bless God. We thank you for homecomings in advance. We thank you for families being reunited in advance. Father, we lift up those that are without homes this morning, the unhoused. Hallelujah. We lift up those that are unhoused on the streets, and we ask that you would do what only you can do. Father, we lift up those that are unhoused in other people's houses. Hallelujah. We ask that you would bless them with their own domains. Father, even as the economy becomes shaky again, as prices begin to skyrocket, we thank you. Your work says, I have never 
seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg bread. So we call you provider on this morning and we thank you for how you continue to make ways out of no way. We thank you how you continue to feed us day by day by day. God, we just thank you that we are safe and secure in their hands, God. So as we take our phones off of me, we do so with joy and enthusiasm, being reminded that you hear us. Not only when we pray, but you hear our worship on this morning. So, Father, we ask that you would turn your ear to us and find your ear just this morning. So, Father, we worship you in the name of Jesus. We open up our hearts and we cry out to you knowing that our worship is paving a path to your Thank you. 
Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you as we place our phones back on mute, as we anticipate the word of God that will jumpstart our day. We thank you for dining with us this morning. We thank you for making this the breakfast of champions. We bless your name, Father. We know that you are in all places, in all times. You're omnipresent, all-powerful, omniscient. God, we bless you because you are great and greatly to be praised. We don't take it for granted. It's an honor and a privilege to not only serve you, but to be in relationship with you. Hallelujah. We thank you for being able to sit in heavenly places in anticipation of your spoken word. Father, we lift up the declarer to you today. We lift up Dion to you. Father, we ask that you would touch her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. We thank you, God, that you have made her tongue the pen of a ready writer. So we thank you for the anointing. Hallelujah, that is graced upon her for this particular declaration. God, we thank you for your anointing that makes teaching and preaching easy. We thank you, God, for you, how you're going to show up even in her and in her needs. We thank you for the sacrifices that it took to put this particular declaration together. And God, we ask that you would move like only you can move. We give you permission. We exchange our will for yours. Do with us what you will. We bless you in advance. As we check to make sure we're on you, we thank you for these things and all blessings. In your son, Jesus, we are the call is in your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. Bless your high name. Just a sound check really quick to make sure that you can hear you. me effectively. Amen. We can hear you. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, God morning, great morning, and happy Wednesday to each of you. Uh, I pray that this morning finds you in great peace, like the kind that passes all understanding, knowing what's going on around you, yet knowing uh, and having a knowing that you are safe in his care, that no circumstance is greater than his hand on your life, that no object is more worthy of the glory and the honor, that no thing uh, can chase you out of the hand of the master. I don't know about you, but that is good God news to me. Thank you, valuable Valacita, for your gracious hosting and greeting. As always, thank you, Sabrina, for eloquently leading us to the throne of grace. And thank you to each of you for lending your sound to those that may be new to the call. It may be chaotic, but our responsibility in kingdom living is bringing the sound of heaven to us and this morning. I thank you for your uh, heartfelt prayers. I thank you for your selflessness and your yield to make sure that we sent up this morning a sweet-smelling savor unto our master and our king. Today is Wednesday. It is uh, the day that we have set aside to consistently um, operate and walk in a fasted life, learning that it's not something that we do that's cliche, 
But the Bible says that when we fast and pray, um, that we have the power to regulate our lives, our minds, um, through the power of the Holy Ghost and living a disciplined and a fasted life. And I consider it an honor uh, to push back my plate with expectation that there will be an encounter because of the sacrifice. For those of you that joined us on last week as we began our three-day fast, um, I'm sure that there are testimonies um, of just a little bit more peace, just a little bit more spontaneity concerning response to Abba, just a little bit more impact in the hunger and thirst that you may have uh, to to cling to the word of God, uh, just a little bit more clarity in thought. And prayerfully, um, if you've not fasted before, uh, I would implore you, encourage you, and entreat you to join us for one day in learning how to discipline yourself um, in fasted living. Just one day from six to, six to five, that's, that's no time at all water or liquid only, and that's what I would encourage. It is something uh, different that happens when you are able to push your plate back in such a way uh, that when the hunger pains come, you can ask God to fill you, and he's faithful to do it. It's so worth it. Um, I I am teaching today uh, about relationships. I believe yesterday was a great jump start in um, relationships and the impact uh, of them as the roof was torn out, that there were friends from the north, the south, the east, and the west. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about recognizing uh, God-ordained mentorship relationships. I probably uh, would be safe to assume that you guys think I'm going to talk about Ruth and Naomi, and I'm not. <laughs> I may mention them, but um, you all know if, if you've been on the call any length of time, um, I am uh, what I say very frequently. I am an extremely wealthy woman when it comes to relationships. I believe that my relationships are my greatest currency, that relationships have the power to change the trajectory of your life as you know it. If you are open to receiving uh, what that relationship will yield, if you have the stamina and the capacity uh, to withhold during the pressure of difficult times, true relationship and or friendship is not tested in the times where things are well, where things are going smooth. However, true relationship and the authenticity of the nature of true relationship is generally established when there is a difficult moment, when there are moments of frustration or moments of correction or moments where you lack agility in certain areas. God gives us relationships to assist us with balancing our lives, with balancing our thought processes. And while he was the perfect pattern, uh, how many of you know that for real, we live in a real world with real sex 
with circumstances and we deal with real challenges and real authentic struggles. And it is our responsibility to find God even in our places of turmoil and trauma. It is our responsibility to Matthew 6 and 33, wherein we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness. Well, the reality is if in fact you don't see that thing lived out, it is not so easy to model. Uh, I believe we heard a wonderful testimony on yesterday uh, with regard to Kat and Mona and Bet and um, Toyer and um, their friend circle and situations and circumstances where they could look back uh, and and recognize some of the transformations that have happened to them individually and collectively where uh, they've come out of different hard places, but each of them having the same mind, and that goes right back to the Word of God that says, how can two walk together lest they agree? Um, there, There is an agreement to say, okay, I'm going to chase hard and fast after God uh, who's coming, right? And so today I want to talk to you a little bit about Elijah and Elisha. Uh, Elijah and Elisha. There will be a bit of um, reading, and my encouragement to each of you is to go back to the Word of God in and of itself. Um, and after we have this discussion, I would encourage you to go back and take a look at that relationship. We look at um, and, and I promise I'll get to the word in just a second, but I, I want to uh, put you in the frame of mind that you understand the context of the relationships that you are in. Uh, I want to take you to a place in your mind's eye where you begin to take a look at the five people closest to you. Uh, it is said by scholars and even some theologians that you are able to tell the direction of a person's life based upon the closest five people to them. You can uh, pretty much predict the trajectory of their future or the lack thereof of supportive uh, relationships. It uh, doesn't always have to do with uh, a, a relationship that is uh, of uh, marital status. It doesn't always have to do with a paternal relationship. But I'm, I'm talking about the platonic relationships in our lives. That means they don't have a sexual connotation that contribute to shaping, making, molding, uh, teaching, training, educating us uh, with life lessons, things that are applicable in the moment. When Jesus' ministry uh, initially began, the first thing he did, uh, we hear this all the time, was began to build a tribe. The first thing he did was uh, he began to uh, start his ministry by recruiting uh, those that he knew would be able to accompany him 
on the distance of the journey. Uh, we have to be mindful in and through all things that the people that we surround ourselves with are heading in the same direction that we're heading in, that they have the heart for the Father, that their posture, it coincides with the purpose you are called to right? People that can recognize your strengths, people that can recognize your weaknesses, people that you can be vulnerable with, people that you can be honest and truthful with, people that you can confess, and they see uh, your humanity, but they understand the divinity of God on your life and don't hold you hostage to your history. Have you ever uh, had a conversation with somebody you knew in life and the only thing you had in common is what you used to do? <laughs> remember we used to, uh, and remember we had went, and remember that time you went to jail, and remember that time you were so high you stumbled down the hill, and you remember that time, girl, you had that one-night stand. You remember that time you was messing with that uh, so-and-so's wife? right? Those moments that take you back in history and remind you of how far God has brought you, but they also take you back down memory lane. And child, I don't mean no harm, but some memories I don't want to relive. I don't want to think about some of the stuff that I used to do. I don't live there anymore. I'm not what I did. I am what God says I am. I dare you to say that out loud just in this moment while you're still on mute. I am who God says I am. And the reality is that we all have uh, segments and times in life where we are in life learning lesson phase, uh, similar to when Jesus uh called out to Peter and told him to throw his net on the other side. Peter had been doing what he had known to do uh, for his entire life. He was doing something that was familiar. He was doing uh, what he knew inside and out. And here comes this Jesus telling him to do something different. Uh, I remember being an 18-year-old girl, and uh, Tanya, I tell this story all the time, Tanya would come and be on a consecration, and I uh, would watch her be consistently focused on her end goal. Now, here I am. I'm 50 years old. That's almost 30 years later. And I, I remember those moments where uh she would walk in the salon, she would say hello, she would greet everybody, and she would gently whisper to me, listen, my words will be pretty low today. I'm consecrating. I remember the antennas of my heart raising, the antennas of my spirit being called to attention and being mindful of the fact that she recognized uh, that she was in a different place and she didn't want me to be offended by her silence, not that that was her primary focus, but what it did for me as an 18, 19-year-old girl was it let me know that there was something other than Sunday morning, uh, a Shabbat and a, a Tahil, a, a holler and a scream, a shout and a dance. There was something more to this thing than a hoop and an A and a B selection and offering and uh, we are 
soldiers in the army playing softly in the background as the ushers completed their task of walking us around the in remembrance of me table, there was something more and it made me know that there was something in her that was mentor. There was something in her that was teacher. Now, of course, neither of us really realized what was going on in that moment. Uh, I'm sure that as time went on, she recognized it far before I did because she was in relationship with the father. I remember the days she would be frustrated with who uh, she thought I was becoming, not recognizing that I recognized things in her that made me want to study. She, she had no idea that I was sneaking, going deeper. I was creeping and tipping because, see, where I came from, I mean, you know, you can go to church. That's cool. <laughs> But change or transform or do something new, eh, nah, not so much. So, so let's do this. Let's, let's go to First uh, Kings, the 19th chapter. Let's start there. And um, I'm going to read just above um, the call to Elisha. I'm going to start around about... Uh, 15, but 19 through about 21 is where we're going to land. And then I'm going to take you over to 2 Kings. But let's start here. 15 says, and the Lord said to him, go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Sapath, or Abel Nahoalah, um, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. Right? You shall anoint to be prophet in your place. Now, these are instructions that God is giving to Elijah, right, for Elisha. So God has told him, now, keyword, these are some, some things that you can identify where you are in stages um, of a relationship that is indicative of being mentored or tutored or instructed or modeled for or taught, right? So God tells him, uh, keyword, go, G-O, return on your way to the wilderness. That means uh, technically back up to move forward, right? He's on his way to Damascus. And when you get there, that means you have to be on your way to a place. You have to be in instructions that are kingdom associated in order for your pathway to align or collide with purpose relationships. So here Elijah gets instruction from the Father uh, to go and give instruction to others. So he's on his way and he, he talks to Jehu. He also talks to Hazael. He then runs into Elisha. Right? And so let's skip down to 19. 
So this is the call to Elisha. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Sapath, uh, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. Now, I could talk about the oxen all day, but I'm going to leave that because what we're talking about here is mentorship. Uh, The fact that, number one, that uh, Elisha was found working. He was doing his task, his job. He was doing a hard thing. Imagine the size of an ox. I want you to get that in your mind. He was uh, doing Levitical work uh, in essence. And uh, that, that again, is a whole other story. I could stay right there, but uh, I, I wonder if anybody has any Levi's jeans this morning. If anybody uh, has some shrink to fit on, that, that is the mantle of those that were called uh, to operate in uh, the keeping of the praise and worship altar. And so uh, he is he is behind the plow pushing the 12 oxen. Ox are strong. They are brazen. They, in that time, uh, were built uh, to manage and maintain la- uh, land. It meant that there uh, was a few dollars with Elisha. He had some, some bread. If you had some cattle, some steep, some uh, sheep, some hens, some, you know, all these different things, goats and such you 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 had a few dollars, and so here it is that Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak on him. Well, if you look at the spiritual presentation and connotation of what a cloak represents, in essence, it means that he had the ability to cover him. Uh, It also was the thing that represented his anointing and his mantle. Uh, And mantles, we'll talk a little bit about that later on during the love, life, and victory conversation. But here it is that uh, one of the things that you'll learn as a mentor, a teacher, a leader of any sort is you see your people at hello. There will be relationships in your life, and some of them will be agitating. Some of them will be frustrating. Some of them will make you uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, uh, if you are on your way to purpose and promise, there is something that happens down on the inside of you when you see someone that God has assigned you to uh, spiritually, that God has uh, given you. You'll you'll notice uh, somebody specifically, and you'll you'll be able to identify them. I'm sure there were other people uh, out in the field, on the farm, tending to this, that, and the third, but Elijah knew his assignment and realized that Elisha had been marked by the hand of God. He wasted no time. He instantly responded. He began his travel down to uh, and, and back to the wilderness of Damascus intentionally because he had one job. And that was to make sure that Elisha was equipped for the next process of his journey. And 20 says, and he left the oxen and he ran after Elijah and said, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I'm going to follow you. There's also something that happens in the mentee. See, there there were things that I recognized about Tanya that she didn't even realize that I recognized. 
There were things about who she was and how she carried herself and how she would walk in a room and instantly command presence and uh, a specific type of respect and adoration. Uh, when she would walk into the salon that I worked at back then at 18, 19 years old, I'd tell them, shh, shh, watch your mouth. Get your get your mind right. Listen, Miss Tan is on her way in here, and you can't say anything, and you can't do anything. And they'd be like, "What you talking about? Who she thinks she is? I, 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 I. Don't do that, <laughs> honey. I'm not gonna get you. God gonna get you. I'm telling you, the lady is. I don't know what the lady is, but I know this. I know there's something on her. I see it, and whatever it is, I want some of it. Right. So Elisha recognized that Elijah was sent to cover him. He recognized that he was mentor, teacher, leader, um, the pattern of that which he was called to move in. So much so that in the middle of his work, similar to how Peter and all of his uh, crewmates recognized when Jesus showed up on the scene. Elisha knew something was different about this cat, and he went to go tell his parents, hey, listen, um, I, I don't know what y'all about to do, uh, but this cat just came and threw his cloak on me. He just came and uh, covered me with his mantle, and I'm not sure exactly what is going to happen, but what I do know is that I got to follow him. He stopped doing what he was doing uh, to follow after Elijah. And he said to him, go back again for what I have done, for what have I done to you? So now uh, here is Elisha asking Elijah, I mean, here is Elijah asking Elisha, uh, now go on somewhere. He was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. He said, and I returned from following him and took the yoke of the oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the ox and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he arose and again went after Elijah and assisted him. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to do a study on what the oxens were. So technically, Elijah told him, you owe the board something. There is an offering, a sacrifice uh, that you got to give in an effort to follow me. So that which he was once pushing with the plow now became the sacrifice for the process. Hallelujah. That which he was pushing with the plow now became the sacrifice for the process. Sometimes you got to give up what it is that you're doing, release it, and offer it even to others in an effort to go after that which God has called you to go after. I remember uh, when I, I was instructed to move to Atlanta. It was 2000 and. Uh, probably 2002 when the Lord started to tell me, but it wasn't until 2008 that I actually left. I remember um, going with E.K. Dawson to uh, a, a concert, uh, a, a record release uh, process. <laughs> I promise I'll make all this make sense. And, and during this record release, um, 
I remember saying, God, I, I need to hear from you. I knew that it was time for me to leave what I had known. I knew that it was time for me to leave all of my familiar places. I, I was extremely uncomfortable, y'all. I, I'm not going to lie, but I, I knew that it was time for me to transition out of what had been my comfortable comfortable place out of what I had made uh, my safety net. That was doing hair. I had done hair for many, many years. I was great at it. It was comfortable. It was easy. I didn't have to think really hard. I, I knew what I was doing. I had many students that learned under me, but I knew that it was time to leave. And I'm sitting in this concert and I'm sitting on the end of my seat. I had been several places. I remember Ross Garrison, uh, Bishop Garrison, Harrison had spoke a word over my life at, at, I think I was 34. I was 34 years old, and I'm sitting at this concert, and I'm waiting for the presence of God. And, you know, the, the songs were great. They were nice and everything, but I, I didn't need that. I needed something different. And I remember uh, Pastor Bo Jackson, uh, who is now Pastor Bo Jackson, he, he was sharing his testimony. And he began to sing this song, I don't know how, I don't know when, but I'll wait on you. Keep trusting and believing, yes, I'll wait on you. That song began to uh, minister to the people, and the people began to sing the song, and the uh, presence of the Lord began to show up in that place like I don't have words for. And I remember out of nowhere, people just started taking money to the stage. People started dropping money off. You had to have heard his testimony to understand. And I remember in that moment that because I asked God for something, I didn't want to be off moving 3,000 miles away from everything that was familiar, but I knew that I was in the middle of my process. By this time, uh, Tanya and I had developed a relationship. It was uh, the cresting of me starting uh, to walk toward the other side of yes. Hallelujah. And so here we are in Second Kings, the second chapter, and um, I'll start at the first verse. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven, now mind you, all kinds of miracles have taken place through Elijah, uh, the, the major prophet, all kinds of different demonstrations of God's power. You guys heard me talk about it before. Uh, Jezebel had been uh, made shame. Um, Ahab had been uh, regulated. He had gotten several kings together. He had went and told them, listen, rain ain't going to fall until I say so, because it'll be on the mandate and the order of what God has called me to do. And so here it is that uh, Elijah was about to be taken up to heaven. Elisha, uh, they were on their way from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, listen, check this out. As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not leaving you. So they went down to Bethel. Now, mind you, what you'll start to discover about relationships that are called to mentor, to teach, uh, and to carry you into the next phase of your life, uh, you'll recognize that there's this thing that says, I don't care what's going on. Listen, Tanya's parents know. 
Where she go? Yep, me too. Her children know. Where she going? Yep, I, I rock with her, right? And even though the nature of our relationship has changed now 30 years later, initially uh, what it was was just what this is, the Elijah-Elisha relationship, so much so uh, that here, let me let me go back to this word. But Elisha said, as, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and the son of the prophet who were in Bethel came to Elisha and said to him, listen, do you know that today your Lord or your master, your teacher, your mentor will take away um, – Oh, wait, no, the Lord will take away your master from over you. And Elisha was like, yeah, I'm, I'm clear. I get it. But, but he also said, watch your mouth, though. Go on somewhere. Keep quiet. Shut up. Don't tell me that. I don't need to hear that. I'm clear. I got a relationship with God and my master. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, yeah, man, check this out. I'm not sure you heard me when I said it the first time, but what I need you to be clear about is as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I'm not going nowhere. Where are you going? I'm going. Kind of like Ruth and Naomi, right? Those are those mentor-mentee relationships. And so they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, once again, now these are some pests. Now, I probably would have cut them kind of peerish because I'm a little special. Uh, do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from you? And he asked, yeah, man, watch out. I know. Keep quiet. Shut your mouth. And Elijah said to him, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But once again, he said, man, now this is three times. There's always significance in a third time. This is an emphatic, I rock with you. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing. He said, as sure as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I'm not going nowhere. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them, as they both were standing by the Jordan. And Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to the one side and to the other until the two of them could go over on dry ground. Here it is again. Elijah is mentoring to Elisha what to do in future times when he's faced with a situation. And so uh, when they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elisha went up by a whirlwind into the heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. I'm going to stop right there. 
one of the primary things that you have to pay attention to in this portion is that no matter what Elijah said concerning where he had to go or what he had to do or how he had to get there, Elisha had already made his mind up that he was his student, that he was uh, his mentee, that he revered him in such a way that he knew the life lessons that he would need to live uh, a productive life as the up-and-coming prophet, future, uh, the, the future leader, the future teacher, the future mentor. He recognized who he was in the sight of God, but he also recognized who his teacher was, right? But the key is he never took his eyes off of his teacher, right? And so um, for, for some of you, um, I, I'll say this. There, there are certain things. God will place certain people in your life um, that will be monumental, but you have to know what position they play. And you have to know what role and responsibility um, that they stand in and what it obligates you to as a mentee. One of the things I do um, consistently, I'm created uh, to teach people, right? I'm created to love on people, no matter what their state, no matter what they've been through, no matter uh, what kind of lifestyle they live. It's the nature of what I'm assigned to do in life, right? And, And everybody has their different instructions. How Elijah did it is not always necessarily how Elisha moved around, but he learned from the best, right? He was taught by the best. And while Tanya and I are 30 years in relationship, nearing 30 years anyway, um, there are certain things that I understand about the nature of our relationship. She has a level of um, naivety that is necessary for somebody like me that comes from a completely, uh, uh, man, mm, how do I I say it? Because it's not quote, unquote, that I'm ghetto. Sometimes I pretend to be ghetto. Now I have some ghetto tactics and mentality, but I assure you that I know how to deploy them when they're necessary. Paul said, I become all things to all men that I might gain one. But at the end of the day, it is not the crux of who I am, right? Tanya has some places that uh, in in street language or uh, hood vernacular, we would call she's extremely green, and I appreciate it. Right. I appreciate it because some things aren't even worth talking about because I assure you it's going to go completely overhead. She's going to miss every point. I'm going to have to go and explain everything. I ain't got that kind of time, so I don't stress her out with that kind of stuff. There are certain movies I won't even watch with Tanya because she'll be not just appalled, but completely thrown off. Well, did he watch? Why did they do? Why did they do that? You'd have to know her to understand. And and as we are um, friends today, sisters today, there is still a level of mentorship her heart gives to mine, right? Um, and I let her, somebody needs to mute their phone. I let her be that, right? You have to understand how the nature of your relationships work. 
Um, I could use Sabrina as uh, an example as well. There, there are differences in uh, the way that we deliver certain information. There are certain things where sometimes we're sisters, sometimes we're friends, but sometimes I'm mentor and sometimes she's mentor, right? So you have to know how relationships work. You, you never uh, have the ability to tell the value of a relationship until you disagree. Tanya and I have been friends for 28, almost 29 years, and we've had one disagreement. And we went and had lunch, and I painted my nails the entire time because I, I respected her so much that I didn't want to be mad at her, and I didn't know how to correct her because she was my corrector. You understand? I hope that made sense. Um, I'm saying all of this to say you have to, um, so I'm going to say this in um, a sort of, mm, I'm going to say this in a sort of a corrective measure. Either I'm Pastor Dion or I'm Dion or I'm the midwife. I'm, for most people, and, and as friendly and cordial as I am, if you don't recognize what role or responsibility I play in your life, it's hard for me um, to operate without your agreement, right? Um, while there are people on the call that I talk to, um, I, I, don't, I don't talk to everybody regularly. I don't talk to Tanya or Sabrina or Dee Dee regularly. I don't, there, there, there are very few people that I talk to regularly. You have to identify what you consider someone in your life before you can get the full impact or effect of what it is that they were sent to do. Right? And you have to recognize when people are actually sent to you. You have to recognize covenant relationships. They are the thing that, tra I promise you, they transition you from the regular or mundane. I know for a fact that when I had moved to Atlanta, it is when, for real, Tanya and I's relationship changed levels. She came to my house for her 50th birthday party. And I remember saying to her, it was really awkward at first. I can't even really explain it. But I knew, it was like I knew something was about to change or transition in our relationship. And I knew uh, that I had to tell her, listen, this, this is every single part of who I am, which wasn't a whole bunch. By 2008, I had sat down hard and long. It was the 90s and, and the early 200s. Baby, baby, I was tired of my own. <laughs> Nevertheless, listen, I'm going to stop right there. Hopefully something that I, I have said will help you start to gauge in your mind who you are connected to um, and, and who you maybe should revisit relationships. Uh, concerning them. You maybe should uh, start to reassess or reevaluate um, what those relationships hold or yield. You, you may want to. Uh-oh. You may, you may want, want to. to uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay. Okay. 
All right. You, you may want to um, really assess and reevaluate the connections that you have in your life. One of the things that I can say in this hour um, right now, when I look around me full till, um, my five are, are so dynamic. Um, and, and I'm not saying they're, they're perfect. And I, I probably have a couple more than five. But when, when I look around my circle um, and, and I think about and consider our contributions one to another, um, when I think about Moni in the middle or even I think about, you know, um, Bernice or uh, uh, there are so many people that I'm connected to that for real, if I need to get a prayer through right quick, I know that they're not going to say, I'm praying for you, and that just be the statement. I, I recognize that for real, I can make a phone call and things begin to shift. I can feel it. I have, I've had a heck of a last two days. It's just Wednesday, and, and I've been dealing with doctors and uh, neurosurgeons and uh, psychologists psychiatric wars, all kinds of stuff. But there's, I have such a peace. I, I can't explain it because I can literally get on the phone and say, hey, so-and-so and such-and-such is going on. Just pray for great peace. Amen. Amen. I can, I can say uh, really technically anything. At this point, I can say, listen, I blew it today. Honey, I done went to the store. The lady hit me with the basket. I done took the basket and about knocked the lady down. Well, I haven't done any of that. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying I can be 100% transparent, right? I have friends that when I go on a date at a certain hour, I text my friends and say, hey, um, I'm leaving. And when I come home, I text my friends and say, hey, I'm back. I don't have to do that. I do that because it is modeling a thing. I do that because I'm safe in doing so, right? You have to know what you're connected to. You have to know what you're doing and how you're doing it. I do that because relationship breeds full disclosure, real relationship. God calls us to deep relationships. Okay, I'm way past time. Anybody on the call that didn't get a chance to say, hey, uh, good morning, you're welcome to do so now. Good morning. morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Anybody else? Christina, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Diane. Hey, Krishanda. Hey, Diane. Hey, Krishanda. Good morning. Good morning, Tracy from Hayward. Hey, Patsy. Hey, Tracy from Hayward, babe. How's mom? She's well. She's home. Thank you. Hallelujah. <laughs> I like it. Amen. Anybody else? This is Nakia hey, from Sacramento. Oh, hey, Nakia from Sacramento. Good morning. Anybody else? Good morning. Good morning. It's Persistent. Hey, Persistent. And who else was that? Monica. Hey, Monica. Good morning. Good morning. It's Natasha. Hey, Tosh. Morning. Good morning, dear Miss B. Hey, Miss B. Good morning. Morning, dear Shell. Hey, Shell.
Anybody else? I have a question. My name is Shirley. Uh, okay, Ms. Shirley, give, give me okay. give me just one second, and I, you'll okay. be the very first person that I call, Ms. Shirley, when we walk into Thank Love, you. Life, and Victory. Yes, ma'am, no problem. Anybody else want to say good morning before we go into Love, Life, and Victory? Good morning. It's Toya. Hey, Toya. Good morning. Hey, D. It's Didi. Hey, D. Good morning, Sanajay. Hey, Sanajay. Where are me and at? School. Yes, honey. <laughs> all righty. Yeah, we on here. This is Bahati. I know. Hi, Bahati. I just got juiced. I shouldn't act like that, huh? <laughs> and I, I, I think I heard Brother E, too. Who else did I hear? Yo, 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 yo. Stop, Yo, yo, family. yo. What's going on? What it do? Good morning, good morning Hey, good morning. Hey, Christopher, I heard you. Uh-huh. I know you did. <laughs> Anybody else? Good morning. This is Georgia. Hey, Georgia. Georgia. Hey, man. Anybody else? <laughs> Any more fellas want to say good morning? I know folks at, at work are on their way to work. Where Brother Al at? Where Jeff G at? Where Brother Jeff? Amen. Well, good morning. Um, God morning. Great morning. And Miss Shirley, um, I believe you'll be our first love, life, and victory question of the day. I want to welcome you uh, before that. And thank you so much for uh, being willing to share your sound this morning. We pray you come back. Thank you. Can yes, you reiterate what you were talking about when when someone is in your life, what I guess I'm looking at, what's the purpose of them being in my life or how you said something about you have to recognize it before it can be fulfilled so you can get the benefit from it. And then you said some people are coming to your life and there's really no purpose for it except for just uh, maybe just a friend. But since when we're talking about mentor, how do I know sure. who's a mentor? for me that way I can get the best out of it. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Um, so there there are several different identification marks and generally um he I'll I'll say this. So um and and Tan, if you're in a position, if you're not exercising, we could probably banter a little bit back and forth um during Love Life and Victory today, just to kind of help people identify um you know i know for some of you guys here on the call you've met um you know people on the call and you guys have now those type of mentorship relationships and surely i promise i'll make it make sense but what what generally happens is you see something in the person that you know you're not right that you know you lack so for me i used to have a punctuality issue Right. And we don't know that always being late is more of a character issue than it is a time factor. 
right? So so the, the Lord will always illuminate. When you have relationship with the Father, that means you have an active prayer life. Because, see, when you want to walk in divine purpose, you know that you cannot do that without relationship. You know that you can't do that without a connection with Jesus. You know that you can't do that. And, and I'll even give you this. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Um, it is where God calls us into deep relationship, right? But the word says that uh, that only the Father knows who Jesus is, and only Jesus can introduce you to the Father, considering he is the chief intercessor, the master intercessor. He intercedes for each of us. In order for you to get the full benefit of the Father, you have to be in relationship with Jesus, according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. It is important that you have your own relationship. That means a prayer life. If you don't have that, um, it makes it difficult to recognize anything concerning the hand of God on your life. It makes it difficult for you to hear with clarity what God is saying um, in the natural or in the spirit. And so how do you identify that? The very first key is um, confessing Jesus as Lord understanding that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you'll be saved. Salvation is key, right? We're talking about purpose relationships, not just regular ones, because you've got a myriad of regular relationships, but they will not get you to a place of fulfillment and uh, promise or purpose, nor will they help you to identify or see um, those mentor relationships that are, that are meant to to track your trajectory into divine purpose, not permissive will, right? So most of us, we live a life where things have just been permitted because we walk around listlessly, not necessarily knowing how to agree with what God says because our relationship is out of tact. So let me give you a, a more practical example even. If I have a cell phone and a charger I have one in one hand and one in the other. I have both components, but until they are connected and plugged into the power source, they are ineffective. Eventually, the battery will die on the phone. The cord by itself is useless for nothing other than a jump rope or a switch. If you like whooping kids, you know. <laughs> I play too much. I'm sorry. Um, and so I said that to say, you identify those relationships, number one, when you are in right relationship with God, you are building relationship, and you are doing what Matthew 6.33 says. You are connected in such a way that your seek is about the will of the Father and not about what you want to do, right? The Lord will always illuminate your assignment. He will also illuminate those that are sent to teach you and to help you on the journey right? Um, your relational assignments are always on the path to purpose. Keep in mind that Elijah was honoring what God instructed him to do on his way down to the wilderness in Damascus, and Elisha was in the field working, tending to the oxen that he was responsible for managing and maintaining, right? And then the, the mentee's job is to follow after the mentor. It is not the mentor's job to go chase the mentee down. So if you know, and this is where humility comes in, if you know what your role is in the relationship, 
That means you got some work to do. Mind you, Elisha, with an S, when it reported to Elijah, listen, I see who you are. This is after he covered him with the mantle or the cloak or the, um, the, the robe, after he let him know, I see you. I'm assigned to your life. Now what? Elisha said, okay, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to run over here and go say goodbye to my parents, and then I'm going to come and follow you. Elijah then told him, no, no, go back. You got a work to do. Now, obviously, Elisha had relationship with God. He went back. He sacrificed the very oxen that he was tending to, offered it as a sacrifice, and then turned right back around and ran and found Elijah. So you got to know your role and responsibility. It is not a mentor's job to chase you. He will, I, he, she will identify to you who they are. However, it is your job to go and learn of them. That means there's a level of submission. That means there's a level of getting under that leading and teaching in order to get what it is that you need to get. Now, how do you identify if you have those relationships? If they don't have anything to give you, chances are they're not there to mentor you. Hey, Amen. Anybody else have any? Ms. Shirley, did Thank I answer you. your Thank question? Thank you. Very, oh, my God. I, I'm writing it down as you were speaking. So I, I um, wanted to say, say thank you for uh, expanding that and amplifying that, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. Amen. Yes, Anybody that else? Really, that really helped out, this cat. That really that helped, helped out. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Awesome, awesome. Anybody else? Questions, comments, commentary? Good morning. It's Krishanda. Hey, Krishanda. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to say thank you for your share. Um, there was something, it's probably a weird word, but something so sweet about your teach. Um, there's always something so good about getting a good lesson, a, a good teaching, um, something to reflect on. So, Thank you. God bless you. Love you. Amen. God bless you too. Love you too, sis. Amen. It's always beautiful Amen. to hear. Always on fire. I still wish you was my best friend. <laughs> That's heck of funny. Amen. Thank you, Toya. Blessings to you. Um, I heard Cynthia as well. Yes, no? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it was me, Akia. Um, question. Uh, you talk about relationship and how you were your life before coming to Christ and um, gaining a relationship with Tanya. Um, were there any relationships from your previous being and doing and how you were living in your mindset um, and in the world that you had to grieve when you did changing? And if so, how did you work through that process? Oh, absolutely. You, there will always be relationships that you grieve because you have to recognize that, that there are seasons for certain relationships. And it's never personal. It's always capacity. There are relationships even to date that I know that I'm assigned to their life, but as the mentor, not as the mentee. Right. And and there are times where, especially in leadership 
and especially when when your gifting um, is usually pulled from, you always have to go through grieving processes of relationship seasons that end, right? Um, some of them are just for specific lessons, and we can't control or dictate how God governs those relationships. So what I've done now, it's it's um it's never any less painful when you deal with a relationship disappointment but when you understand the position of that relationship so so there have been young women young men that I've mentored that at a certain point because of the expectation of more for their life it created a level of discomfort where they separated from my life so no different than when um, when I was in the world, um, there were certain relationships that I had to step away from that led me. And even now, I have to be mindful. I don't spend time in company of people that take me backwards, right? So people that um, create uh, reminders of certain trauma that I experienced. And the the reality is, the only way to know the difference is in constant communication with God, and then you start asking the right questions of him so that you can get the right answers, and grief doesn't last as long concerning broken relationships, because really they're not broken. They, the season has ended. It's kind of mm-hmm. like when, when a tree is in its fruitful time, the, the fruit is plentiful. However, when the leaves wither and the winter months come, you can't be mad at the tree because it's not its season. I hope that helped. Definitely did. Thank you. No worries. Anybody else? Great. This is Bree Bree. That was a great analogy. Amen. Amen. God I'll be using that in therapy. Thank you. this, I, did you just say it's not that the relationship was broken, but the season ended? That's what. Yeah, that's all. Okay, that's that's. I'm with you, Bree. Woo! Makes so much so, sense. Good morning. This is and Mary. You, you just spoke hey, everything. Mary. you just spoke everything in my spirit because I learned over the years that some relationships are seasonal and some are forever. I have some friends that I've known since I was in the second grade. I've moved from state to state to state, and we're still friends, just as, just as though we were. We've grown together. And I have some sisters now, friends who are just like sisters to me. One is which is on this call is listening to me right now, Diane. Um, but some relationships are seasonal, and then some are forever. God, love is forever, but you don't know what that relationship is and why you really ever even met people. And when I was in the world, I used to say stuff like, mm, you know, and have a choice word for somebody, you know, because I'm saying that you thought they were afraid, but you don't know why God has connected you. It could be you that he brought that person there to sharpen something in your life, or it could be something uh, in the other person that needs to you to sharpen. And so we just we just don't know. We have to just prepare ourselves to follow what God has for our path. If it's if it's a person that's gone that season is up. 
if it's a person that's still there, like some of my good friends and sisters, then those relationships are there. there there's just two, two kinds that as humans we identify. Some are for a season and some are forever for a lifetime, but God loves us for always. And so even when those are broken and gone, the people that you thought was supposed to be something to you, and it turns out that they're gone, that's over with. That was all that need, all you need to think about is, God, whatever it is you were doing, help me to see it. Don't let me miss the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I'm sorry. Wait, wait, hold on real quick. Cause I heard about, hold on, Susie, about three or four people wanted to speak. Let's get an order real quick. We're going to let Tan say something and then we'll do it in that order. So who were the folks that had questions? Uh, I heard, I heard a man, but I had something to Who Who was the gentleman that spoke? Go ahead. Brother E. Oh, hey. And, and, and who else? Christina Joy. Christina Joy. And who else? Who else? Christina. I know. I heard you, Christina. Who else? Okay. Uh, so, uh, Tam Golden, Brother Eden, Christina. Go ahead, sis. So, Dion and I often talk. First of all, I was cr- trying to crawl up under the carpet. Um, this morning and um, her um, heart share. Um, But Dion and I often talk about relationships and how that we, some of us, um, some of us feel like we don't need friends. We can make it on our own. We're independent, you know. Um, And that's just not true. We, We were created we are relational beings. Um, and, you know, while some people take it too far and they're super, super needy, um, that's, that's out of balance. There's a balance to all of this. And so there's a scripture that talks about a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. And how that if one person is walking by the road and they fall down, if they're by themselves, they don't have anybody to help them. But if they have you know, a person or two um, that is with them while they're walking and they fall, um, those those folks or that person can assist them in getting up. And so one of the things that I think that we play ourselves out of is having genuine relationships. And then when we find genuine relationships, we're afraid that people might think that we're same gender-loving people. And that that's a trick <laughs> of the... You know, you, is a lot. Listen, I don't listen. I like Dion a whole lot. I even love her. But if she, if she ever came at me the wrong way, she might get socked in her eye because I'm not for none of that. I don't, you know. What I'm <laughs> the devil is a lie. A whole entire lie. He could go to hell with that foolishness. My my point is is that. It is important for us to have healthy relationships. You can't tell me, well, people don't wear slips anymore, but you can't tell me my slip is hanging. If I mean, nope, I will not know my slip is hanging. Some of y'all don't even know what a slip is. Google it. You you don't know your slip is hanging, or you don't know that your um um that your that you got a booger in your nose, or you got sleep in your eye. If your friend don't tell you, that's the kind of friend that I need. I need the kind of friend that says, don't wear that no more. 
I need the kind of friend that says, what in the world is wrong with your hair? I need the kind of friend, and, and my friends need me to say now, what, what, what mm. <laughs> if I say, mm. That they know that. Oh, let me let me check. Let me what is what? Let me see what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Like we need that check and balance. I'm not Dion's mother. I'm not her girlfriend. I'm her girlfriend, but I'm not her girlfriend. Girlfriend like that. I'm her friend. I'm Sabrina's friend. I'm Dee Dee's friend. We spend time. We have spent time nurturing a relationship. And here's the other thing: I have friends and relationships out of them. None of them need to be jealous about my relationship with my friend Terry Ann or my friend Pam or my friend Rhonda or my friend Leslie Ann. They don't need to be jealous of that. We under first of all, we're not thirteen. <laughs> I could take a selfie or go on vacation or a trip with one of them, and they they're not going to be tripping out because they're not included. I have different relationships, and so you guys don't be afraid to have. You don't want to die alone. Um, you don't want to walk around with stuff in your eyes and your nose, and nobody is telling you. Um, you you don't you don't want to um, be in a position where you are out there by yourself trying to figure it all out because that's not that's not how God designed us. And don't let the enemy um, or yourself think fool you into thinking you could do it all by yourself. No, you can't. Sometimes you need somebody to help you with the heavy lifting. That's it, Brother E. Yeah, hey, um, I'm, I'm doing this dialogue about mentorships. First of all, hey, what's up, my brother? Hold on for a second. Yeah, why don't we let Christina go while you get to quiet space? Or are you there yet? Christina, you go while he gets settled. Okay. Um. So thank you again for your share. I definitely appreciate it so much. Um, I, you know, you know, you know who you are to me, you know who you are to me. Um, and so I ask this not, um, for you and Tanya, not just for, just you, because I feel like you all have, uh, not just a mentor mentee relationship, but a friendship, a lifelong friendship. And so my question is when you know that someone is supposed to be in your life for a lifetime, but you're going through a season of separation because they have their own journey they have to go through when it comes to their relationship with God and the same way you do. And there's that season of separation kind of like when Abram and Lot went separate ways. Um, how do you, how do you handle that part of it? Because you feel like y'all are going to come back together, but you have to trust the process of the separation in that moment. So, so I can that, give you. This, oh, go ahead. Hold on, hold on, Tan. Let me speak to that only because April is still on the call. I'm not sure if she can talk because she's probably at work. Um, but April and I have been friends, I think, for how old is Anthony? Twenty-three, twenty-four. Twenty-four. How, how old is Anthony? Twenty-four. So, um, we've had moments because April was with me during my life where I, I was teetering back and forth between church. So she got to see all the real stuff. She got to see when I fall sexual, you know, in sexual sin or, um, you know, the years where I would still every now and then hit a blunt, you know, I mean, just keeping it 100. Um, and then she also got to see me get to a place where, for real, my life is 
this is my life. This is not, you know, this is not something that I do on Wednesday. This is how I live, you know, and, and our, our children got to see me transition from, you know, just being brown the way girl to hairdresser, uh, you know, all the stuff to my niece coming over and being like, honey, uh, Auntie won't turn off this, uh, <laughs> this Jesus music. And, and every five minutes she pray or I walk in the house, honey, and something be going on and I'd fall out and pray and do all of that stuff. And then I got to a point where the Holy Spirit told me, leave her be. Let her, let her get to her own place in relationship with me. But it was my responsibility to continue to live my life out, even in my broken places, right? That's why we talk about, so the word says there is safety in a multitude of counsel. So if I'm insulated with friends who are kingdom focused, keeping in mind that the majority of my friends are married and have been, right? It's just Sabrina and I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the lonely old soldiers, even April was married, right? So what you do is, and and again, there there were times where I'd call myself quitting her, like Tanya used to call herself quitting me. Well, now I get to watch my friend walk into learning how to trust God, learning how to say, listen, I need help. I can't do this alone. <clears throat> um, I, I get to watch her learn the lessons of the kingdom, but some of them, and now mind you, we friends in deep relationships. April got keys to my house. If I'm not here, I could send April to go get my money and, and, and know every dime is going to be there, and, I, and she know I'm going to give her some. I can get some money from somebody else, and I'm going to give it to her. That's the kind of, those are the kinds of relationships that I have, right? And so, what you do is you make an active decision that whatever God wants to do with that person is not up to your legislation. You stay constant and faithful in praying for them. If you come in my room on the back of my door are people that don't even know that I care enough to get up every day and pray for them, their children's name, their children's children's name. You just be consistent in how you follow after God. And then you allow the Holy Spirit to do the rest of the work. It's not your job to determine how long the season of separation is. April and I have had several of those different instances for different reasons, but it never negated that that's my sister and I will fight somebody about her. But that's how I am about everybody that's really, really special to me. I'm kind of hard to talk to. Don't bother my friends because I know them. You, you understand what I'm saying? I know the exact same would happen for me. I hope that answered your question. Uh, Brother E, are you someplace you could talk? And he may not be. Tan, you were going to say something? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Dean. No, let Tan... Um... Big sister, Almighty Tan. Tan, you got something? I just you hate to stupid. it. No. I hate stupid. I hate you. <laughs> no, I, just, I had to laugh because I love y'all so much, and it wasn't for. Ooh, there's so much I can say about this sisterhood. But what Mary said um, about having friends that you've had literally all your life—I'm 54—and there are people who I have grieved because I thought I was assigned to them because of the connection and so even this morning um Dion listening to you talking even about how um you can love now love is, is the part I have learned I have learned to love those who I know don't like me but I don't care because I've learned by watching 
Tan and watching you and just some things um, my pastor Ricky Nutt has said that you have to learn to forgive in advance. All that stuff really makes a difference. But those relationships that felt like they were going to be forever and they they fall off and sometimes you don't know what happened, it, it makes it easier not to turn bitter. It makes it easier to really pray authentically for them for whatever it is that's happening and know that it was the season and you got a lesson in it they may come back and they may not but the heartache once you get it and like you said Dion when you really have a relationship with the Lord and you listen to him you know then it's not as hard at least it hasn't been so you can just love them love them from a distance but not be phony you know phony or funny acting when you see them if that makes sense and so um, it's just good. The mentor, mentor. It, I learned so much. I got all this wisdom. <laughs> I love y'all, and don't neither one of y'all tan. Don't pull up on me today. If you do, come and <laughs> come bring me some cake. But okay. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, almighty tan. <laughs> Listen, I fell no. out when she called her big sister Almighty. That blessed me this morning. Thank you. <laughs> You know what? All of y'all, all of y'all know what y'all can do. All of y'all know what y'all can do. Sabrina, I'm going to share a really transparent moment about um, our relationship, if that's okay. okay. If it's not, you can, you can tell me off. But I think it's really, really important. So um, we talk about um, seasons, right? And so um, some of you guys may or may not know, like right after Carl passed, I, I could, Didi, I mean, you know, well, Didi too in spirit, but Sabrina and and Dion were like on me like white on rice. Like I couldn't move without them being there. And Sabrina insisted that I come, you know, just come stay with me. You don't have to worry, but you know, we we work things out, but just come stay with me. And I didn't hear it. You know what's funny? I just I was editing the book this morning and I was working on that section. I didn't hear her through the grief. I just thought she was talking about, you know, we went straight from the hospital. You know, after they, you know, pronounced Carl um, dead, we went straight from the hospital to Sabrina's house because I was exhausted. And I, I thought, I guess in my head, I thought she was talking about, you know, like right after then. But she was like, no, I, you come stay with me. And eventually, you know, and, and of course I did, but the there came a point just as it was 2019, February 2019, the Lord spoke to me and told me to move. And I was like, yeah, no, I, I, I'm good where I am. No, no, no! I need you to move back with your parents. Oh no, I don't, I don't want to move to San Francisco. I don't, I don't want to move in the house with my parents. I like being here with Sabrina. You know, da 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 da. He said, "No, move now." I was like, "Oh, are you serious?" Um, and so I, I had to move. I did not want to. I told, "Oh, I lamented," but I know God's voice. And so when I told Sabrina, she was like, "So, you know, like when, when are you moving?" I was like, "At the end of the month or the beginning of the month, whatever." It was, it was a very short time. And I saw the look on her face and I felt, I felt what she felt and I knew she felt some kind of way, but, but I knew, I knew what I heard from God and I had to be obedient. My delivery probably could have been better and I could have, but I thought, oh, maybe this quote unquote season is over, but it wasn't. It changed. If, if I'm, if this may, I hope you're following me. This, it changed. The dynamics changed, but our relationship didn't, but there was some friction there. And so I, I felt it. She, she didn't say it, but I could feel it. And so I, I went to her and I said, Sabrina, do you know, 
I want you to know that there's not, you know, I, I tried to explain what it was and she can tell you how she felt about it, but it was important for me to ensure that I protected, that I honored the relationship that we had and that I protected the relationship. How she received it was going to be based on her. Obviously, we're good today, but 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 it was there was some friction there. And so when there is friction, somebody has to be adult enough to address it. And the way that you address it has to be, the Bible tells us that grievous words stir up anger, but a soft answer turns away wrath. And so we have to be careful in our delivery, but it's important for us to address it. That's what people do who love each other. You don't let the friction turn into a whole mountain when you could have just said something about it instead of throwing off on people or just throwing shade and you guys ghost each other. I hope that helped or makes sense. That was, that was perfect. Sabrina, you got something? It does. Yeah. And so um, thank you, Grace. Um, so for me, just let me just say this. God is so all-knowing and so mighty and wise. And on the other side of that, it was a confirmation that Tanya actually hears from God. Having Tan in my home was a blessing to me. Like, I work 70 hours a week easy. I would come home to a house that had been marinated in prayer all day. I would come home to dinner. I would come home to a house that just had warmth in it. So for me, we had a, a Naomi Ruth situation going on. Like, it was my pleasure to serve her, to give her what she wanted. So for when she said she was eating, I was like, well, what about me? First of all, what did, what did I do? What was wrong? And then it ushered in another aspect of grief. And I had felt that my role originally when Tan came to live with me was to protect her in her grief. And now I'm grieving. How do I share that with her? I don't want you to go. And you guys will often hear them refer to me as the baby. So I saw because oh I felt like I could don't do that because I couldn't talk about the level of grief I was experiencing. But shortly after Tanya left, not two weeks after, both of my kids needed to come home. And both of them needed to come home meant that I had two adult girls and two grandchildren. Instantly, my entire house was filled. Had not God told Tanya, it's time for you to go, my children would have been without a place to go. Because I was never asking Tanya to leave. <laughs> so, no, and here's the, I didn't oh, see okay. it. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. I didn't see it, but that, he knew. And by the time all that transitioned, it was, uh, it is well. I get it now. That's it. And so, so, so while she was having a temper tantrum, you don't understand how I was having a temper tantrum. I I didn't, I told Dion, I don't want to go. She said, girl, you better go. I said, I know, but I don't want to. And I left kicking and screaming. And um, actually, Bri, it was be, it was as I was transitioning that the girl, we found out, that you found out the girl, both of them simultaneously needed to. And then we had the pandemic. Like it, like everything happened simultaneously, but. Um, it was like dominoes. Yes, it was. It was. It was it was literally like dominoes. So I wanna say this really quick, just in this moment, right? So let me let me give you another transparent moment in connection even to this part of the story, um, the grace for grief. 
when, after Carl passed, keep in mind, you know, I'm at my house with, with these boys. Now, mind you, um, Sabrina is, a, I guess, what, what year was that? 2000, maybe 15? I'm thinking. I think it was 2000. Yes, it was 2015. Yes. Yeah, 15. Um under whatever circumstance, Tan and I have been friends since the 90s. Like, Tan is, you know, would come to my house to get her hair done. Um, I'm sharing this because when Carl passed away, I am extremely protective of anybody that I'm assigned to, period. I'm I'm a little territorial, um, and not to the degree that um, I you, you can't have friends or anything like that, but when Carl passed, and and Tan was just stuck. And Sabrina said, you can come live with me. I was like, uh, did you, you forgot this, my friend? This is, not, I'm, I'm sharing her. That right was now. funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Tan would do stuff like, we'd be getting ready to go out of town. Shut up, dumb, ugly girl. Listen, I'm, <laughs> when I tell you my face got bunched up, wait a cotton picking minute here. My friend ain't coming to live with you, but but I knew that she was supposed to. And it wasn't just for Tan. It was also for Sabrina. There were places that God was trying to pull her into that Tan's presence, listen, you, you're not going to entertain certain stuff with Tanya around. You just be like, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not doing that, right? <laughs> this is, and, and to be real honest, it's not that she asks it or requires it. It, there is there is a thing on her life that lets you know, look, this is her life. It's separate from what you're accustomed to. And so all that said, we found out so much. And then Tan used to do stuff like pack Sabrina clothes. I'd be wanting to kick the whole suitcase over. Don't be packing her clothes. Can't Listen, stand her. Now, you don't have to tell everything. <laughs> That's my little Listen. sister. Right, in, in real life. And then Tan would be like, what? I'd be like, you know... Oh no, really? Yeah, is she supposed to get all these privileges? Because in the minute I'm gonna push her, but in in all all pun intended, um, we love each other really hard, genuinely. It is different than the relationships that you see that are frenemy type relationships. Um, the authenticity of each of us being able to be our own individual selves and our brokenness um, on our good days and our bad days, and none of us do everything perfect. None of us do. Amen. Anybody else have any questions, comments, commentary? Hey, Dion, it's Cheryl. I have a question. In the midst of um, the grace and the grief, um, and you know that the Lord, and it's the Fortania and Brienne, um, Dion, it, it, when you know that the Lord has said something for you to do, you be obedient in doing it, but struggling. Um, there was two relationships. One um, with, with someone, and I knew it was time for me to move, but I struggled. I was, it was like sneaking over to one friend's house without the other one knowing, but I had to pray and until the Lord released me from that relationship, but it's still kind of touchy. You know, I, I talk 
I call and talk to her, but I can still feel the distance. And I, what do you do in that instance when you know the Lord has released you from that relationship, but you still know the other person is kind of struggling, but trying not to show you that they're struggling? No, I, I understand 110%. Um, for real, it, it, it all goes back to hearing the voice of God, making an active decision to obey what he says, over what you feel. This is a season, and especially when it comes to relationships, you don't have time for feelings, right? If if purpose is your goal, right, and it doesn't mean that you're mean or you don't like them or, you know, you don't want to be bothered with them. You just respect the season, right? And so it's a decision. It's like anything else. That's going to be my answer pretty much for everything. We make active decisions how we participate in agreeing with what heaven is saying in whatever season we're in, right? So I've had relationships and and some of them that I thought were like really, really important and, and would be a part of my life for the rest of my life, only to discover that there was a little bit of a thing where Sometimes they would be a little jealous or sometimes they would be um, a little envious or sometimes they would be um, a little stuck and stagnant and not willing to go um, the extra mile or to a different place or location, right? So, So you make decisions on how you feel about it. You make decisions on how you process it, but more importantly, you make decisions on how God is telling you to move in that moment. And even though sometimes the separation is temporary, you don't know that at the time. You just have to respect the process. Relationship building and development and cultivating real relationship is not about how frequently you talk or even being able to feel the pressure of the distance when you do talk. It is. Um, there are people that I know don't like me personally, um, and not because of anything that I've done, but because of where they are. I don't expect them um, to be who I am to them, right? So you, you alter the expectation based on the instruction that you receive from God, not based on the behavior of the person or even the context or uh, the pretense under which you have conversation. It is what it is. I hope that that helped. You just decide, all right, God, well, if, if we don't talk, I guess we don't talk. Nothing I can do about it. But it ain't personal. It's always capacity. Yes, I That'll keep you from operating in offense. Hey, that's, that's good. So, um, can you hear me? Barely. Can you hear me now? Oh, yeah, a little bit better. Go okay. Ahead. So, I wanted to just say this on the phone to I hope Bree and Tanya um, are still listening because it's so funny how um, Shell just said what she said because for me, y'all know how. I feel about y'all. No, no disrespect to anybody else. Diane, you know, I got you too, my sister Gloria, but graces is something else. And so what has happened, um, Shell, is that people have even been jealous. And I've been told, you don't even know that I get them in. It's a lot to our relationship, but I want to just say this, that when you know that God, like I know I'm Tanya's assignment. I know I am. I really do. I know that Dion had to grow me out of my fighting 
um, spirit. And then I know Sabrina is my therapist, like for free. Oh, that's my business. But when you have people that watch you and know you and, you know, had like Dion, when you said it so well this morning, if, if people only know who you were, and that's what it was, some people are so still stuck in my past. And my past was my past. I, I'm not in denial because the enemy can't punk me. But social media and then being a part of Declare Victory, I didn't really know I was going to have, well, I should have known, that many snipers. You know what I mean? That that you know because if you're in tune, you can tell. You can you can tell by how people move around you. And so um, I just want to say that. And there are times when, like Tanya mentioned, we have different circles, like, but we're all – can come together and it's no, it, you shouldn't feel away if I go somewhere, you know what I mean? If they go or, cause when they went to Dubai, I, I was, I wasn't hurt because that wasn't for me. Holy Spirit said, this is a, this, it, it, it was kind of like purposeful. And then the dancing, I still, I get tears when I, when I, when I think about you guys dancing and how freeing that was. But we just have to know that the relationship that God has designed, it doesn't matter who's mad, who's watching, and their feelings, because it's, it's all God. And I just want to tell my, my graces, I love you guys, and I know that if it really wasn't for y'all keeping me straight, my marriage is stronger because of them being real, just how they loved on me. And the last thing I'm going to say is we are still, Lil River is the blessed baby that she is because of the sprinkle that my sisters gave me. And I love you guys to life. It's like nothing I won't do for y'all except for ride in the front seat with Dion driving. I'm going to mute. Good morning, Sister Lisa. Hey, hey. Hey, good morning. For me, um, the relationships that I have right now is like um, – with the church members of my church. I'm not going to put the church, the the church or nothing, but some of the women, because I'm learning about God and, you know, and then we, we try to fellowship and stuff, they kind of push away from me because I don't know really the word of God yet, even though I'm reading, because I don't know the scriptures to apply to my life right now. So in the relationship, I feel it that, they, they 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 go far away from me, and then they have a whole nother conversation. So what I'm saying is, I answer like I thought God said that we're supposed to be in relationships. We're supposed to help one another. I don't need you to babysit me. I'm not asking for a babysitter because I'm gonna do my work on my own. But if you know more, they act like they like no, we we gotta go over here because she don't really know what we're talking about. That's the sticky thing. Um, and those are, they are definitely not your mentors. <laughs> they are. And, and it's okay. unfortunate that, that, that that exists in, in the body of Christ. That is not indicative okay. of Christ's nature. It's not indicative of the love of the love of God. And I don't mean any disrespect to them because I don't even know who they are. But you, you are yeah. my sister, and I don't want you to be discouraged based upon, um, you know, some immaturity in these women. And I don't care who they are. I don't care if they are church mother. Right. I don't care if it's yeah. a pastor's yeah. wife. I don't care if they call themselves an apostle. If you are throwing shade, if you are dis, if you are, um, if you see, see, because the Bible also tells us if we see our sister or our brother in need. Um, how right. how can we set up our bowels of compassion, right? 
Um, and then everybody's not assigned to you. So there's somebody, it may not be in your church. It may be somebody on this line. It may be somebody completely different. Me and Dion didn't go to the same church, right? And me and Sabrina, you know, we didn't, that's, that, that's not where, I, that's, well, Sabrina and I did meet at church. But my point is, is that those people, those sisters, um, are not, and you know, it's just, it's okay. And it's okay. God has someone, you got a bunch of people on this line that, that do help you and, and you've, you've achieved some of the growth that you have because of this line. So I don't want you to be yes. discouraged. That's not their behavior. Unfortunately, it's a lot of women. It's a lot of people like that in the church, but it's not what God It's not pleasing to God. So we're not going to have an attitude towards them. We're going to pray for them and we're going to look, mm-hmm, and I know you are right. But we're going to look, I'm saying this to some other people that also might be on the call that have experienced the same thing. What The, the lesson that is for you is for you never to become like that. Always to remain yeah. humble, always to remain teachable, and always position yourself that, you know, even with what you're learning now, to be willing to share and help other people. That's, a le- that's one of the great lessons you can take away from that. And then begin to pray now that you've had it explain to you what that should look like you have an idea of what to look for yeah now now you know how to ask the holy spirit because you got a language now you know how to ask the holy spirit how to help you to identify the mentor in your life that's assigned to you because there is somebody that's assigned to you that will be that will be not just a mentor to you but also a friend to you so i want you to be encouraged and not focus listen still show them sisters love That, you know, yes. when you have the opportunity, you, we honor we honor people. That's what God expects us to do. That shows your level of maturity, um, and um, and you know you just keep it pushing. And 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 at the yeah. end of the day, let me tell you this last thing. At the end of the day, because we have the Holy Spirit, He'll also teach us some things. And that's a great. He's a great mentor to have as well. Even though we are. Um, we definitely want and need those human uh, mentors and that human relationship. So be encouraged, sis. You got this. I will. Thank you so much. I, this call has, uh, I love, I mean, I don't know you, but I love you all on the line because I am going uh, and God is uh, he's with me every day and I'm up and I'm doing the work and I'm writing and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, but I can't. Like you said, don't do that. Don't look. I don't want to be like that. So, uh, yeah. So thank you so much. And love you guys. God bless. Good morning. This is uh, Brother Al. Um, I had an experience a couple years ago. I had a, a mentor that, that I respected, but I heard this from him. I was a youth leader, and I heard him telling me that the devil going to be on you right on right. So for me, at a young as a young man, I took it in the wrong manner, what he was saying, and it kind of ate on me. And I, I just kind of fed into that. But the reality is, like you said, people come in for a season, but also they, they come in and also the Lord allows you to come in because he's trying to test you. He also is trying to mold you. You know, um, some of these people are not, their spirit is not right. You know, I've been told by a person that I was on the wrong foot. But in actuality, those who are actually older than us or have more knowledge than us are supposed to help us and to guide us because no one has more respect than the other, than the God him, that we serve himself. So the idea is we're supposed to be pouring into those who are less than knowledgeable about us because we're all trying to aim for the same goal in the Southern market to heaven. So we're not trying to keep nobody out. Amen. Anybody else before we wrap up? It's 8.04. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
Okay. Hold, hold on one second. I hear. I think I hear Priscilla and who else? I hear a gentleman. Brother E. Brother E. Okay. Let I, let Brother I, E go. Let Brother E go. Go ahead, E. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, and can y'all pray for me? This is the most childish school I've ever been at. But listen, I just want to piggyback on what the brother said and what what uh, um, uh, Tanya said. Um, listen. We make an impact. We who are, uh, um, are, are kingdom workers, kingdom people, we make an impact. So, so I wanted to say, listen, we talk about people being in and out of our life in the season. Well, look, how many seasons have you gone through in your life? With the spring, summer, fall, every year, they always come back. So we have to understand that we sow the seed. Of course, God provides the increase. But mentorship has been in and out of uh, 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 Christ's uh, relationship and, and religion, but also in, in, in pagan relationships. It's extremely important. But the thing is, the thing I wanted to stress is it's important to understand that when we come into a person's life, whether it be for like a minute, whether, whether it's, it's, it's for 10 years, or whether it's a lifetime, we make an impact. We so the seed. Um, as we look in the Bible, we see that, uh, uh, and there's an old saying, it's not biblical, when the pupil's ready, the teacher will appear. And God works on both sides. You know what I'm saying? God was working on, 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 on Elisha and building him up as well as he was working on Elijah and bringing them together. We don't know who God is bringing us to. For whatever time, but whatever time that we have, we make an impact on that person's life. We make an impact in that environment. We make an impact on, on the people who may be surrounding or, may, or, 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 or that person who we're called to mentor for whatsoever time or whatever relationship that extends beyond that person. It extends to, to that person's family. So we're negative so we're negatively or, or, or positively. And hopefully, because we are kingdom workers, because we are children of the king, because we are kingdom people, we're working to make a, a, a positive impact. So I just want to encourage and I want to challenge people today on the line that when you make these relationships, whether it's work, whether it's, it's, it's doing play, uh, and whether it's family. And as we get up in the morning, one of my prayers is, God, let me be light and, and showing people, and let me be salt, making people thirsty for the ever-living waters of the gospel. Let me make an impact that will give you glory. That's all I got to say. Uh, Wonderful. I, I love the decoration. I love the dialogue. God bless you. Amen. Bless you as well. Priscilla, go ahead. That that was um, me. This is Georgia. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Georgia. Okay. It was it was it wasn't me, but you know what I've been talking in my head the whole time. So you heard Okay, well, well hold on hold on Nana. before you go there, <laughs> since it was Georgia that, that asked to go. Let me let Georgia go, then you go, Priscilla. Go ahead. 
<laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I'm in a space in my life right now where I feel as though um, I've been isolated, not in a bad way, just as though I've been taken out of every social group <laughs> that I've typically been in as far as friends, as far as family. And um, I, I, I do have my husband and he's been amazing, but I've, I've even sought out in the past couple of years uh, sisterhood or sister big sister mentorship with um, a few a few women and it, it, it never really um, progressed the way I would have liked it to. And um, I just... I guess my question is, how do, how how do I, is is this, how do I know if God has me separated um, for a reason? I feel like I'm going through a lot right now, dealing with a few things in my life, and I've been there for all of my friends and all of my family. I'm I'm intentionally there for them, but during this time, it's just like no one's, no one's there, has enough time to be there for me. And, and that, I, that's I heard, real. And that's and real if thing. I heard you, and I heard you say, you know, to to how to how to view it, so you're not offended. So I'm not offended. Uh, I'm a little hurt, and I'm trying to push past that. But it's just like I'm searching for mentorship. I can't find the type of mentorship that I I want spiritual mentorship, and um, I just wonder, like, okay, does God just have me sitting here in the wilderness? <laughs> Well, some sometimes so it, so it is a, a form of protection. We we can only have effective relationships with people when we have intentional relationship with God. And so a lot of times He'll take away everything that's comfortable and familiar so that you learn how to consult Him first. That's part of the beginnings of that what feels like isolation. Chances are it is very intentional, so that you recognize who really is always there, and that's him. And then he starts to build you out from that place, right? So what you have to do is sit in the place of that loneliness and isolation. It's necessary because you Mm -hmm. never want to experience it again. It teaches Mm -hmm. you to Mm -hmm. lean on him in a way that you didn't know you had the capacity to. It teaches you to seek after his plan, his will, and his purposes for your life. But it also positions you to be able to visibly see where a mentor, see, if you notice, Elisha, who was pushing the plow, was not looking for a mentor. He was available to be found. He was found doing kingdom work right? He was healing mm-hmm. land. He was preparing parcels. He was um, learning the trade of even farmer, you know, being a farmer. He was doing what he was called to do. And Elijah was sent to where he was. Pay attention to this. If you think about Jesus and Peter, when they were on the boat, they were fishing. They weren't looking for Jesus. Jesus went to where they were. The mentor, the teacher came to them. So what what you'll see as time goes on, as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, making available who you are in areas of service, while you're serving, what happens is the teacher shows up. 
The only time you can serve effectively is when you have an assignment, when you know what it is that you're supposed to be doing, when you know how it is that you're supposed to be operating. Now, that's not every single one of the circumstances, but if you look at any historical Bible story, the the mentee was always located or was present and decided that they wanted to follow with the mentor. You look at Ruth and Naomi. Uh, Naomi told her, told Ruth, go on somewhere about your business. No, ma'am, I'm not going nowhere. Where you go, I'm going. Your people going to be my people. I'm not leaving you. Right? So all you have to do is, again, I say this all the time, if you ask the right questions, you'll always get the right answers. If you ask the right questions, you will always get the right answers. A lot of times, um, it's good that you ask the question, right? So our lives change, the trajectory of our lives change with our words. So the people you're holding hostage to an expectation of what you had, you can go ahead and release them. That's part number one. Let them go. That season has ended. Obviously, if y'all been friends for as long as y'all been friends and where you need to be, you've not arrived, them not your people. It doesn't mean that y'all not cool or cordial or anything like that anymore. But what it does mean is you can release them from an obligation that they don't have the capacity to fulfill. And then your feelings don't even be hurt. I hope I helped a little bit. We did. I'm Thank telling you, you the, mentor, the mentor is coming. All you got to do is make your heart ready. Because sometimes, listen, mentorship and being a mentee is not always easy. It's sometimes kind of painful because people will tell you things you didn't know about yourself or you didn't see in yourself. It, it's uncomfortable. So you got to know what you're asking for. Priscilla, go ahead. I'm going to make it real quick. Whoever was that who just spoke, she just sang my story. But I have released those people. And you just answered tremendously. You made it clear, very clear. And I appreciate This is why I love Declare Victory. I tell you it should be a school on, on uh, I'm saved, now what? Okay, how do we go about this, walking this out? Seriously. Um I remember years ago when I was in, in working in media and I had an acupuncturist and I remember she was treating me and I started crying and she said, what? I had her in tears. She says, what's the matter? I said, God gave me three sisters and we're not sisters. How do I mm-hmm. get a sister? You know, mm-hmm. um, and here it is some 20, 30 years later and I'm set apart. I've been in a church full of women because that's the way church is. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't and know and don't know my tribe. Mm-hmm. But I can say this. Yesterday, I had a brief conversation about uh, my experience with Tanya and Tanya Tanya. I'm sorry, breaking down the Holy Spirit to me to my pastor, Pastor Rod, who definitely knows her family. Um, because I was just uh, in love with what she took the love and the time. 40 minutes of her schedule to help me get my head straight. And it brought me to tears because I needed that. 
And here I am in a church all this time serving and doing what I know. I know where God called me, and I still don't have my circle. So I say all that to say the mentee is ready. I'm spending, I'm set apart. Know it, I know that. I'm spending time with the Lord. And this, this, this was definitely for me and for a lot of other people too, I'm certain. But it resonated so much with me who is since uh, a little girl and recognizing that God gave me all these sisters and I don't, and we're not sisters. How does that work? Uh-huh. So desiring it all this time. And this is a little girl that got an, an issue. She got in high school, got or junior high school, got beat up, whole gang, put her in put her in uh, the hospital. Because why? Because she thinks she's cute. Okay, that mm-hmm. kind of foolishness. That stuff is deep-seated and rooted. It's hard for it not to be. And so you end up just knowing, well, I'm just going to be alone. I'm going to do this alone. But God is saying to me now, no. It is not so. You can't get to where you're going and where I need you to go and to be. Now, I don't know who my um, mentor is, but I'm going to establish this relationship with the Lord more and more. And like you said, they're going to show up or I'm going to show up, whichever. So Mm -hmm. praise God. I just want to say thank you. Thank you again, Lord Jesus. Thank you, both all of you guys. It was beautiful listening to you guys. And, and you know, I can see the dancing in Dubai. I can see the um, you guys uh, praising and worshiping in, in Mexico and making all that noise where the <laughs> lady shows up, uh, what they considered noise, but was worshiping. So I can, I can see it all and, it, and the love and the intent. And walking into a house, where someone has prayed all day and may have cooked for you and the love there, I can understand why she didn't want her to leave. And I think that's incredibly beautiful and nice to hear. Mm-hmm. Real stuff. Definitely a real thing. Amen. Y'all, it's, it's a million o'clock. Um, and I still <laughs> got to work out and, uh, <laughs> I, I still got, got business. Um, nevertheless, I believe that today's conversation was not only fruitful, um, but necessary. I believe that um, there are many of us that will, as this um, series continues, begin to walk in the manifestation of being a mentor or a mentee. And I'm positive that not only is God going to be glorified, but you'll start to find places of liberation that you hadn't before. You'll start to give yourself permission to be a friend, right? And and to find it okay to need and require friendship. I need, I'm, I'm highly relational. I need people. I quit a job because I couldn't be connected to the people no more. It really created a thing for me. So I'm praying um, for everybody under the sound of my voice, men included, like you need a safe place. It is important, right? It's important for you to have those relationships that push you and pull you into the place of purpose and promise. It is necessary, and I believe that it's pleasing to Abba. Um, that being said, listen, it's 820. There is an Archer Circle meeting this evening. Um, we will meet right back here at 5. 
And for those that are going to be um, on the Archer's Call, it's on Zoom platform with this exact same phone number. Just You just enter it on Zoom. And um, otherwise, I'll hear you guys at 5 p.m. We are fasting until then. That means either water only um, or, look, prayerfully, whatever it is that, that God gives you to fast from, I think it's important that you do it. There are places that he wants to take us, but it's going to require a fasted life. All right, guys, I love you. I pray that you have an amazing day, and I'll see hey, you hey. right back here. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Have a good one. Have a blessed okay. day, everyone. Have a blessed okay. day, everyone. Hey, hey. Have a blessed so day. Everyone. Have a blessed day. Cloak. Love you guys. Have a blessed day. Love you all. Love you too. Have a blessed day.